Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, doing a solo episode today. And listen, this one I wanted to do, it, 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 it's going to be probably one of the, uh, in a series of, uh, I was the episodes that talks about, I will say, call it the truth about coaching. But uh, the reality is that like, I've been coaching for a long time. I mean, it's going to go on 20 years, 16 years of having a gym, coached a lot of people. Um, I don't know, I start counting like over 4,000. But my point being is that there's, there, there's a point to this. I still coach over 120 people per week, whether it's pro sports teams, high school kids, semi-private clients, one-on-one clients, small group training clients. And I'm always, listen, I'm, I'm always curious to how to be better at this, right? Like the more you learn, the more you realize, one, there's a lot more to learn, but that you could continue to get better at things, right? So what I wanted to not only share today is, is, is going to the insights of, you know, and the thing is, whether you've been in, the, in, in this industry a short time and you're kind of like just getting started, or if it's, you know, you've been in the game for a long time, um, like myself, and you just want to keep maybe getting a different perspective, or getting a different angle and improving certain things, right? Uh, because again, if if you make this a career, which I believe it's one of the greatest careers there is, obviously I'm biased. I'm in this uh, in this industry, but uh, if that's the case, you want to continue to improve. You want to continue to evolve and be the best coach for your clients. And you know, I think that like when I you know when I started, I was such an X as those guys. I mean, I was so into the training side of things, which I still am. I mean, we just had the um, prescript certification here this past weekend at Vigor Ground um, with Dr. Jordan Shallow and, and the prescript team, who are awesome and very deep on the biomechanics uh, side of things and the you know I would say programming. And there's like 16 weeks of curriculum afterwards. So this is our uh, fifth, I would say, event certification seminar here at Vigor this year. And I think we're going to end up with 10 or 11 this year, which, I mean, we do <laughs> probably maybe possibly more than any other gym in the country because we're, we've been averaging, you know, 9, 10, 11 per year for the last at least seven, eight years, always trying to get better. And so my, my point being is that, you know, continuously working to improve uh, and be better at problem solving as a coach when it comes to program design, periodization, movement, like being able to see things uh, and make, you know, switches on on fast and Im- improve the things that you give to people when it comes to training. Those are all important parts, right? And I've told my story about, you know, when I started really recognizing that there's a bigger component to, I would say, um, to coaching than X's and O's, whether it's training, whether it's nutrition, whether it's all those things. And like, you know, that happened many a times for me when I believed I did all the right stuff. You know, I did all the X's and O's. I spent a lot of time on creating meal plans and nutrition, you know, macros and everything else and outlining the steps and so on and so forth. And people would even get good results. And then they'd leave. They wouldn't stay with the gym. They wouldn't steal my coaching. I was like, what the hell is going on? Right. Like I'm like, I feel like I study more. I I work on this more than um, just about anybody I know, like what's going on. And, you know, again, like there's, it it can be frustrating, right? Whether it's pro athletes, whether it's high school kids, whether it's general pop um, executives, doesn't matter. Right. Like you kind of go through that experience and you go like, Hmm. And then you start realizing, okay, like why did, why did clients even choose to work with me? Right. Or choose to work with your gym? Because 
think about this out of all the options of getting in shape, you know, and I say, put this in uh, kind of parentheses, they've chosen to work with you. It's, you know, over trying to figure out on their own, downloading a free program online, getting an ebook, you know, getting a physical book, um, running it on their own, going to Zumba, nothing against Zumba, right? <laughs> Extreme dieting and diets and detoxes. And, um, you know, whether it's, I mean, a thousand other fitfluencer programs that you could buy online or your favorite person or celebrity or whatever it may be. But not, but not just that. They're also choosing you over, you know, reading a book, watching Netflix, uh, going to happy out with friends, going on dates, fixing up, fixing up their house, gardening. Yes, I say gardening. Uh, going to kids' sports games, you know, going out for dinner, just a million other places they could be. So the reality is, like, this is really important. No matter what your client's goals are, there's a reason they've chosen to work with you above all of their other options. And you would think, and at the beginning, I thought that it was, well, because I'm, you know, I'm a great trainer and I get people great results, which listen, it is part of it, by the way, right? But you got to think about this. What is it about working with you that gives them what they're looking for? And again, the lie a lot of times is that like, they're just looking to get in shape, like that that's the most important factor. When a th you know, wh why would you when a thousand other options exist for their lives or, you know, for getting in shape in parentheses? So, and here's the thing, in my experience, and like clients who work directly with coaches do it because, and like, hopefully you've, you've had this insight, but if not, like this is, this was a huge insight for me. They want someone to notice and care when they show up and when they don't to care for them. Right. By the way, do you, do you know, you know, the, what does it mean to be a client? The client is to be under someone's care. So this first one is so important. They want someone to notice and care when they show up. They want a place, you know, where they can go and feel taken care of. Because most of the time, most people, you know, spend their day taking care of other people, like whether it's their kids, their jobs, their bills. So they, they want to go somewhere where someone's planning for and taking care of them. Because that's what coaching is a lot of times, right? And if you're, here's the thing, if you're very, very hardcore, like, you know, I know my training stuff and this triggers you, it's fine. I'm just trying to help you, you know, help more people and keep those people for longer so you can get them better results and make them feel taken care of and it'll also help you build your business, right? But that's that's some real stuff, right? And not only from discovering this myself by, you know, talking to a lot of clients and being curious, but also through reading through a ton of psychology and ton of research. I Precision Nutrition did a lot of uh, research and, and some really interesting studies that I read, right? And let me get back to like what else they're looking for, right? So, so they, they want someone who will know when it's time for them to push, you know, to, to push themselves to achieve uh, their goals, but also not so far that they feel like defeated, right? Because that's part of building self-esteem and confidence. I promise you, like if you can help your clients build their self-esteem and confidence, oh boy, like they're going to stay for a really, really long time. And, and remember, I've talked about this kind of like this chart before, right? Where, um, you know, if, if you, if you make something too difficult, then people are frustrated. If you make something too easy, they get bored and neither of those are good. So you got to just, you know, challenge them right there on the edge of their comfort zone. There's actually a bunch of research that like, you know, 5% past people's comfort zone or their ability is, is the right sweet spot for, um, I would say for skill development too. 
right? And and for helping somebody feel like it's hard, but they overcome it. So that's how you build their confidence. Very, very important. Now, the thing is, again, this is a science and art, right? We'll talk about, we'll talk about the skill building and, and some practices later on um, in, in this episode. So they also want attention, right? Quick, live feedback about how they're doing. I call it, you know, feedback loops. This, this is what I always talk about, you know, when it comes to coaching, that a book doesn't give you, or honestly, like very few things give you than, than the coaching in person. That feedback loop, when somebody's doing something and you can correct them, give them positive reinforcement and stuff, that's good. And again, correct, challenge things that are not as good. And that feedback loop is faster. And I, I think doing, you know, online coaching and online kind of connection and accountability can help with this too, you know, when it comes to nutrition and or training or lifestyle stuff, but they want that attention. Okay. They want to be seen and understood, right? The thing is, because otherwise they choose something that's not live dynamic and two way. Um, and again, I'm speaking mostly for in person, but it's, it goes for online too. The, the, the better that you can develop that feedback loop and be able to be understood, the better your coaching, the better coaching success you're going to have, and the better you'll do as a coach. Also, they want to have fun, right? They want, you know, yeah, they want something interesting to do, something engaging, something captivating. And please, like, if you're one of those people, I used to be one of them, by the way. That's just like, man, forget about that. This is what gets results. This is what we do. And, you know, there's some clients that will do really well with that. And there's some clients that will need more of that fun, engaging stuff. But I truly believe, like, listen, like, I'm a coach. I still like to have fun in my workouts, meaning like I'll do some shit just to, for it because it's fun. Like, here's a structured program, but here's some stuff I want to do that's going to engage me and be novel and keep it fun. So if, if that's you, man, and you're a coach, believe that like your clients want to have that. Actually, they want to have more of that because they're not as serious as you when it comes to training, Right. They also want to be around people who they want to be like and be around, especially when it feels like their family, coworkers, and friends are stagnant or holding them back. That's why you find communities, right? When you come to Vigor Ground, you're like, hey, everybody around me is working towards goal just like I am, right? They're, they're trying to improve themselves. They're trying to get their confidence back. They're trying to build a lifestyle and habits that's going to be a catalyst maybe for their family. Because a lot of folks will come, you know, they, they will say stuff like this to me, like, hey, I want to be a better example, right? But they want to be around people like that because they understand that, guess what? Like, you know, rising tide raises all boats and it's, you're, you know, we're tribal creatures and we're going to adhere to the standards of the tribe. So if the standards of the tribe are eat better, you know, get more sleep, work on their health and fitness, like both of the mental health as well as physical health, guess what? That's going to help them do have these behaviors more. So, and guess what? Everybody wants to lead better than, than when they came in. I always say, you know, one of our values at Vigor is leave them better than you found them, right? Leave it better than you found it. But that also means people and they want to leave better, feeling better than when they came in. So, Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you have the perfect programming, you know, the perfect gym, a million dollars worth of equipment, the best music and logos. And, you know, if you can get somebody shredded to pieces, if you don't give clients these things that a lot of times can be unspoken, they'll be unhappy and you'll have a very hard time as a coach and your clients will leave. And that's frustrating. And I've seen, listen, you know, I've seen a lot of people, I would say, um, I've seen a lot of people that were, you know, very good coaches in, in some senses that left the industry because of this. And like a part of my mission, you know, in the, this industry, in this space is to help as many coaches become the best coaches possible so they can get their clients results, keep them for a long period of time 
build their business, make careers, build security, like all the good stuff, right? And these are so that's why I wanted to have more of these episodes and coaching series that, you know, um, that would help with that. So just remember, you don't have to, you know, I talked about my story, you know, that, that led me into really studying psychology, um, neurology, behavior change, uh, you know, when I messed up a bunch of stuff in my life, you know, uh, got divorced and started asking myself, like, why do I keep doing dumb things? Um, and started diving into this. And, but the, the truth is you don't need a degree, in, you know, in psychology, why, you know, you're going to have to provide these things to clients to become a great coach. You don't have to go back to school for, you know, psychology and somehow turn yourself into, you know, a, a certain type of person. Like, because even if you are introverted, it doesn't mean you have to be extroverted. Um, you know, you don't have to be like the the biggest hype person in the world, cheerleader, you know, uh, biggest high fiver. Now, like if you know me and you've been a vigor, you know that I'm a pretty amped up person, but you have to also be, you know, be able to change your energy and you have to be able to uh, sometimes be, you know, stoic, but sometimes be compassionate, empathetic. Um, and you don't have to start from scratch on all these, all, all these things. Right. And um, that's very, very important because the thing that I want to go over today is, you know, what are some of these coaching skills that you want to develop? Right. And, and remember it's practice just like anything else. I, I keep reinforcing this, that when you want to get better at something and you're like, oh, I'm not naturally like this, practice will make you better. You know, will, will sprinting make me as fast as Usain Bolt? No. Will it make me faster? Absolutely. All right. It's just like, if you're like, well, I'm not really great at communication and so on. Like, neither was I. Like, honestly, you talk to people back in the day, I, you know, tremble when I had to go in front of college class and present stuff. You know, now people are like, oh, you're natural. But I spent so much, I mean, I spent thousands of hours improving you know, my, uh, how I, um, present and speak and how I, you know, do in front of the camera, whether it was Toastmasters hiring coaches for it, practicing, you know, looking, looking, uh, I would say, and sounding not great at first and then just working on it. So this is very, very important. And I want to start with, you know, you know, when you practice, what are you? You're a student, right? And if you believe yourself to be a student at all times, I think that's very powerful. I'm still a student. I'll always be a student, you know, and ideally, and I talk about this all the time, the best way to learn is to teach, you know, so this is part of the reason um, I, I also like to share a lot, whether it's vlogging on YouTube, creating a lot of content, doing podcasts, because guess what? Like I, you know, researched a bunch of notes. I got a bunch of papers in front of me, like scribbled to share this with you guys, you know, because i I'm learning, getting better, and then I'm sharing it. And when I'm sharing, I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm, I'm also getting better at the craft. So there's some core skills and, and practices also about being a good student. And that will lead you, because remember, you want to get better at coaching. So you got to be a student of coaching. So these are the things that will help you, you know, these practices will help you be a better student. And like these, this is like, foundational principles that will actually help you with a lot of other stuff, you know, and what, let's look at this skill, man, I promise you, this is in fitness. This one is one that's got to consistently be improved. I've become 10 times more productive, but it can still improve this a lot. Time management. So time management is the skill. And it just means organizing your time effectively and efficiently and being clear on what happens and when I always say, you know, that you're watching your wallet determine your commitment, right? And so this time management is like your watch. What does your calendar look like? 
And a practice is making time, you know, being a big, good student means making time to study. So the, the coaching skills that I'm going to talk about, the reason why I'm starting with this is because you got to make time to study. You know, if I look at your calendar, you're like, hey, I want to improve this skill set of being a coach. Okay, cool. Let me look at your calendar. What, where, where is it blocked out? So you make that time. That's, you got to develop the, the skill of time management to be able to block time out so you get better at the things that you want to improve. So every day, look at your calendar. Lay out the time for the next few days, including studying, right? Look at what, like, what things waste your time and you got to reduce them or eliminate them, right? Maybe it's going to be tough to eliminate them all, like all in one, but you can definitely reduce them. You can definitely like look at stuff and go like, hold up, is this making me better? Is this making the business better? Is this making my life better and, you know, giving more time to my family? So a core skill is time management. The second one is planning and preparation, right? And what that is, is like just looking ahead and anticipating obstacles and having a strategy in place, right? Whether it's like setting up your learning environment so that you reduce distractions and enhance focus. And, you know, this again, this is a skill set because what, you know, what obstacles could you have? Well, it could like, for instance, if you got a kid, it might be that you got a sick kid or, you know, they're, they're being energetic and distracting you. Okay. It could be uh, traffic. It could be that you put yourself in a place and an environment where people can distract you a lot. So for me, it was like, I would usually, you know, do stuff downstairs at the gym and then a person comes by it's like, Hey, and they got a question for me. Right. Or somebody comes by and is, is distracting me, but it's my fault because I put myself in that environment. I didn't plan and prepare well. Right. So you have to be able to plan and prepare the things that you want to do, just like eating. Like we talk about this with nutrition, have your food planned and prepared for the next day, have your day planned out for the next day, have your studying and practicing planned out. Right. So think about this. You, you got to come up with at least one, you know, 10 minute action to confront an obstacle that might reasonably expect to happen. Right. If I got to work late, right. If I got, if I got to work late. Okay. But listen, here's the deal. Like, even if I got to work late, I'm going to get through at least 10 pages of this book of, for, or this course, or I'm going to listen to at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes of Lucas podcast talking about this. Right. So we talked about the skill of time management. We talked about the skill of planning preparation. And then is prioritization. Like that's just putting, you know, things first that matter the most. Right. And here's, you know, making a list of your top priorities. I like to do this for the next day. I mean, look, we could go deep into the planning stuff. Um, you know, whether it's 90 day goals, big rocks, things like that. But even just prioritizing and going like, hey, look, what are the top three to five things I got to do the next day? If I, if I achieve these three to five things, like my day will be successful, right? And if, it, if again, if, if getting better at the, your craft, well, guess what? That better be in there. You got to review that list every day. Assess whether you're doing uh, what, what you're doing. It's falling into those top priorities and the things that matter a lot, right? Then number four, this is a big one application, putting what you've learned into practice. This is another big one. Like I can't tell you the amount of times that like, look, you know, I've, I've been a, 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 a culprit for this too, but when you learn stuff and you're like, wow, and you get a hall moments and you write out the notes, but you never put it to play, right? That's one thing I've become really good at with time. Like I made a lot of mistakes at first, but I got really good at it. Right. So meaning that you're, you're looking for ways to apply what you're learning. I've mentioned before, like how I had four by six cars, right? So, and I still do actually, like if I took a snapshot of, of me right now, you'd see them, but 
right? So I'll learn something and I write it on a four by six card and operationalize it, right? So for instance, and I'll share a little bit later, some of the, the, the skills um, when it comes to coaching and questions. So, so for example, let, let's say I learned two or three powerful questions to ask clients. I'm gonna write those questions on a four by six card. Man, the next day in my training session, I'm asking that question. Or for, if I read a powerful story that, that moved me, right? It moved me. I'm like, man, this is powerful. Like making me tear up and really think about stuff. Okay, great. I'm going to tell this story in my team training or my small group at the end, right? I'm going to practice the story and I'm going to share it with everybody. So I'm going to apply. So I'm learning it, but I'm going to apply it. Okay. So you got to have application, you know, and, and the thing is, this is really important because if you get really good at learning and applying, it's a superpower. Somebody might learn a whole bunch of stuff, but then it's like, it takes them a month to apply. But if you're learning every day and applying it the next day, like you're already 30 times ahead, right? And that just compounds with time. So you got to think about that, like turning learning into application. These are all skills. That's why I, I said these are core skills of being a great student that you can then practice the coaching that I'm going to share. Okay. So then repetition. And like, you know, we talk to our clients about repetition and like practicing great reps, because if you practice a lot of great reps, that becomes your standard. So doing something over and over again and thinking like a beginner, thinking like a student. So that's why you want to like choose one core idea or skill and then review it and repeat it several times. Right. Cause again, like I, I talked about this before, like, you know, people have to hear something eight times to just register it. Right. So we have to repeat. Now, if we repeat it in application in action, now it becomes a part of your skill set. So I'm going to give you an example too. Okay. Let's take a coaching cue. Right. Sometimes I'll learn a coaching cue from another coach and be like, oh man, I haven't used that. I really like that. Okay. And then I'll start coaching that. And like the whole next week, literally every day, like I'm going to coach clients through that same coaching cue. Right. As soon as I see, I see, I see an opportunity to coach that. And by the next week, I've literally, I've literally coached this a hundred times. Right. But guess what? That becomes part of my toolbox now because I added that repetition. So as soon as I learned and I applied and I applied repetition to that, now it becomes a part of my toolbox. It's a lot harder to forget because I applied it. Um, and this, you know, when you, for instance, rather than, so this is, here's an idea, right? Rather, if you, if you learn something powerful, rather than moving on, I would say like reread that section or chapter in the book you know, and try that same coaching, just like I said, with more than one person, right? Have a trigger that reminds you to do something more than once a day. Uh, this could be like, re like leaving the book open with that, with that four by six card in there. It could be, like I said, for me, it was always the four by six card in my pocket. Even if you look at my phone today, there's still like three to four different things that pop up every single day. Um, one of them being to write out 10 ideas. It's a, it's a story for another day, but every single day I get a reminder that says, write out 10 ideas. Um, let me explain why, and then I'll move on, right? Because I do think this is powerful. So I'll write out 10 ideas. Most of those ideas won't even be that great. But I did it for like two years straight. And basically what happened is that like, when you practice writing out ideas, your brain gets good at generating ideas. It's a practice, right? So I just started doing it. And then what I started doing was generating ideas for others. So for friends, I'd be like, hey, I was thinking about that course that you created. I think you should do this, 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 this. And sometimes those ideas would be excellent. Sometimes they wouldn't be that good. But you know what? Like it made me continue to come up with ideas. And I legitimately was, I don't do it every day right now, but I, I'm telling you like every year I would, uh, uh, for two years, I would do that every single day, seven days a week. So that's 70 ideas a week. I got really good at idea generation, right? So 
my point being is I either, you know, have an open, uh, open book in a place that I read this idea. I have four by six card or I would have it in my phone, right? Again, repetition, something that creates a trigger. Hey guys, it's Luke and I wanted to let you know about this year's Bagaro Iconic.23 Business Conference in San Diego. It is the fitness conference of the year. I mentioned that last year was my first time speaking at this event and it was incredible. Not just how I got treated, how the attendees got treated, how everything was organized and just the knowledge drop was incredible. So make sure you don't miss out on this exclusive industry knowledge and the networking opportunities that are gonna come at this event. It all takes place in September 24th and 25th in sunny San Diego. You can get your tickets today at Iconic com, and you could use the discount code Luca H. So that's a capital L, lowercase UKA, and capital H. And for a limited time, you can get a discount. So I'm excited to see you in San Diego. Can't wait. And the last part of this is, you know, growth mindset. Yeah, I know I've talked about this a lot, and it's, it's kind of like one of those like duh moments, right? But believing that achievement comes from persistence and effort, that the more that you work on things, the better you'll get. Like you got to believe that, right? Because I still can't, you know, there's a lot of smart people that I know that do things very well. And then they'll say stuff like, yeah, but, it, but th- I'm not really good at this. And then when you talk to them about like, okay, you're not good at it, but you know, how much have you practiced it, right? And then it's like crickets or very little, right? But you can't expect to be really good at the things that you just don't put the time and effort and repetition in, right? So again, those are the core skills of practice and then here's, I'm going to go, there's going to be anywhere between, cause I'm, 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 I'm riffing off of some notes, but I'm also, uh, I might be adding some as I go along, but here's like eight to 12, right. That I believe are very, very important skill sets to have as a coach. Right. And again, we talked about practice. So the way you're going to get better at this is to practice them. So one of those is so you can hear the rustling of rustling of the notes going on. Um, Unconditional positive regard. And I remember first time hearing it like in this way from, from PN, because uh, I did, you know, I've gone through pretty much everything. P- Precision Trust has gone out every course, PN Academy, done all the certifications and all the seminars and all that good stuff, right? But what that is, is like, I promise you, like I didn't have, I didn't develop this, you know, my first, I would say even like five years, if I'm truly honest about this, I didn't really develop this. And, you know, what is that? Like being respectful and compassionate in actively looking for the good in people, right? Even though you're helping them change, accept them, accept them as they are. And to, to be real, like a lot of times, many coaches um, aren't good at that. And I told a story about how I used to judge, you know, uh, people that were, you know, uncommitted to their health and fitness while in this, at the same time, I was doing dumb stuff in other areas of my life while I had, you know, um, become very effective in, proficient in my health and fitness skill sets and practices, other areas of my life suffered, right? But I didn't, I didn't see that. And it wasn't until I fucked up a lot of stuff in my life, you know, cheated, went through divorce, did a lot of dumb stuff. And honestly, like, you know, up all, all the way up into um, my early thirties, right? I made quite a few mistakes that I, I paid a price for, but that's, you know, and, and I would say that that pain and those mistakes helped me go to therapy, helped me, you know, uh, going to the Wake Up Warrior program and like really, really start digging deeper and working on myself. But that's when I started understanding unconditional positive regards so much more, 
right? And especially for the looking good for, for good in people, because it's really, you know, it was easy to, to, to judge. And, and I'm not saying that I judge all the time, but like I could have been a lot better. And that's when I started becoming a lot better. I was like, man, like everybody's struggling with things just like I was struggling with a lot of things and, and I needed help and I needed work. So look, it, I mean, things like when, you know, accepting people as they are, is very important, you know, with all their, you know, flaws, I call, call it being um, perfectly imperfect, right? But if you work at the gym, you know, smiling and saying hello to every person that comes in, I mean, seems like a, a you know, seems like a basic thing to do. You know how many people don't do it? A ton, right? But like, that's the, like, for, for instance, the moment that like that first impression, like you can only leave it one, right? is what front desk person, you're a coach and somebody greets you and they're like already scared to come into the gym because they think it's, you know, hardcore and this, that, and the other. And you're like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, you know, uh, shaking your hand in a nice way, like having good energy, good aura, which means that you got to be in a good place mentally. Right. But that's, that's an action that would come from unconditional positive regard. You know, you're treating people that are a little bit more, um, let's just say non-coordinated, you know, a little bit of a klutz or, you know, unsure beginners, with the same professional courtesy as you would treat elite athletes, right? This is another thing that you kind of can see um, where somebody that's more, you know, fit this, that, the other, and you, and, and somebody that's got a, a harder time um, kind of learning a certain skill or moving better. And then, you know, you kind of see the frustration of the coach because it's like, you know, ugh, I got to, you know, it's so much harder to coach this person. Rather than getting excited that like, man, this person, when they make the changes in progress, how exciting is that going to be? Right. And it could be just offering like a few words of genuine appreciation. Like, so, Hey, I'm so glad that you, you know, took the time to ask this question. And like, I'm, I'm a big person of just like, Hey, thank you so much for trusting, you know, you're coaching with me. And even if somebody has been coaching with you for a really long time, imagine just going like, Hey, thanks. I appreciate you. Like, I appreciate you trusting me with your, with your coaching. And I appreciate you putting great effort in and coming in to train today, right? You could have done a lot of different things. You chose to come here and being genuine about it. Like that's some real, that's some real shit, by the way. Right. But again, things like genuine appreciation for certain things, or, I mean, look, people, I'm a sneakerhead, right? People be like, oh man, love those shoes. Hey, thank you. Like, man, I really appreciate you for noticing, you know, like, again, this, this is a practice. I'm going to keep going back to the same thing. <laughs> AI talking about practice coach. Right. And so, Number two, this may be, I'm, I don't know, I guess every one of these skills, I'm going to say this may be one of the most important ones, but being fully present and engaged, right? Giving your client all your attention, like listening actively and treating their goals and ideas as valid, even if you don't agree with them. Now, listen, let's, let's go back to this. Giving your client all your attention. And I would say, I would, I would say this is a skill set for any human being that like, if you want to, like crush and be successful and be fulfilled and like be engaged and fully present with anybody that you're with at that period in time. Now, so right now we're talking about coaching. So we're going to talk about coaching, you know, and with phones and with media, like this has become increasingly harder, right? There's so many distractions, but if you went through the day and you have six, seven, eight hours of coaching, you know, five hours of coaching, whatever it may be, but you're with that group, with that client, with those semi-privates, fully engaged telling you like, you're going to be so much more successful as a coach and people are going to feel what I said at the beginning, understood, heard, seen game changer, regardless if they do six reps or four reps or eight reps. Right. 
So think about that. And being able to ask questions does that, right? Creates the engagement. And we're going we're gonna to go uh, a little bit later. I'm going to share some of like powerful questions that you can ask as a coach that really can open up engagement and, and, and spur um, conversations, coaching conversations, right? But things like, hey, tell me, tell me about what's most important to you here. Tell me a little bit more about your goals. Like, what's the priority for you? How would, we, how would you like for me to help, you know, work with you and help you? I've, I've shared before, like the super seven readiness questions. Uh, if we have time, I'll share them at the end as well. But that, you know, being able to be engaged, ask, get curious, right? Because curiosity shows engagement, right? And then give your clients their full, their full attention and make them feel like they're the most important thing in the world right now. I'm going to repeat that because if you can develop that skill, Make your client feel like they're the most important in the world right now. And this will sound like crazy because I am such a training geek, right? That if you do that, but you don't know you're training that well, you'll be super successful. Now, and sometimes here, here's, here's the thing. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because being in industry for as long as I am, and I, I, I promise, like I tell a lot of the coaches that are starting off, I'm like, hey, read these books. Read The Go-Giver. Lead the leader had to have no title. Read uh, Never Sit Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Read Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. And then also read Unreasonable Hospitality, which is a new book. It's like they're, you know, because these things will help you be really successful. And sometimes I believe, you know, your coaching, I would say your training X's and O skills can, I would rather that your training X's and O skills catch up to your human communication uh, presence skills than, you know, it's like, for instance, let's say your training is great, but you never develop those other skills. I'm telling you like you won't be as successful. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to help you out here because making people feel like they're the most important person in the world is a skill set that will, I mean, it, it stand the test of time. Stand the test of time, period. No matter what changes. All right, so I think this is the third skill we're talking about. Observation. Looking, listening, and learning. Paying attention to cues. Being curious. Right. And I'm talking about like when you, you, you know, paying attention to your clients, nonverbal cues and body language, like you see somebody doing something and they're not going to say it, like, they're not going to be like, oh, this hurts, but you watch them and it's like, you can see they're uncomfortable, but not uncomfortable. in like a, this is a challenging exercise. My muscles are burning, but like something is, you know, tweaking or whatever. Right. And being able to go at, at the set, like, Hey, tell me a little bit more about like, uh, what are you feeling there? Right. And you start getting curious where, where exactly is it? more of a muscular thing? Is it more of a sharp, you know, sharp? Okay, great. Like, you know what? We're going to change this up a little bit, right? And so th this is important because being able to read body language, which by the way, you know, I've, I've taken courses, uh, uh, like live course, not just read the books, but taking live courses with interrogators, um, you know, counter-terrorist interrogators, DA interrogators that will talk about body language. Um, and then there's a great book. It's called What Everybody, Everybody is Saying. Right, you can look that one up. Uh, same author has a couple of different books about body language. But I think that those are very, very powerful and being able to read between the, the lines, right? Read text and emails closely, paying attention to how each client writes and uses languages or, or when and how they send those messages. Because when you look for stuff like that, it's like you're kind of, I would say, able to read people without saying a, a word, and because you respond to that body language or reading in between the lines, then they kind of feel like, oh man, this person gets me without me even saying stuff. 
right? But you have to be, you know, you have to have presence. So you have to be out of focus to be able to observe. And being curious, again, just asking a lot of questions. Now, that doesn't mean that the, this, this training session is, you know, you're, you're asking so many questions that you're not training. No, but it's like every opportunity, being curious, being, you know, uh, understanding them and trying to understand them better. As, as Mar Martin Rui told me, it's like, you know, to be interesting, you have to be interested. Okay. From there is understanding. That's the next skill, right? And it's just really kind of exploring and diving into your client's motivations, limiting factors, worldviews. Because if you understand their worldviews, that you help better understand them. And also a lot of times they're limiting factors, right? And seeing their starting points and like how far they've gone, they, they've, they've gotten, right? Um, Dan Sullivan talks about the gap and the gain, you know, and a lot of people live in the gap, meaning no matter what they achieve, they're always looking at where they're not. You know, they, they've lost 15 pounds and changed a whole bunch of habits, but they're like, but well, I'm still not like, you know, super lean and I'm not, you know, so they live in the gap. This goes for people, entrepreneurs, everybody. And being able to help them show them the gain, which is like, look how far you've come. Look at all the things that you've changed. Those are a lot of things that help build self-esteem. Also under understanding is getting them. Hey, he gets me. Right. Think about that. Like when people, when clients are like, man, they get me. That's so powerful. Right. And so again, you got to be curious about each of your clients. And when you chat with them, ask them questions and explore their sense of identity, values, priorities, such as like, Hey, give an X or Y, which one most matters more to you right now. And why I'd ask, I'd ask clients about like, which, what their favorite movie is. Cause people's favorite movies can tell a lot about their values. And then you, you know, you dive deeper and you go like, tell me a little bit more why you love that movie. Which part of it? What was so important to you? What got you? Right? But, but again, now you're exploring their values and motivations. When somebody does something, you go like, hey, what's driving this? Why does this goal that you're talking to me about right now feel so urgent or important for you right now? And look, the tone of voice is very important, right? Because I could say that sentence and it could be threatening, or I could say that sentence in a way that's just like caring and curious, right? Like, hey, what's, what's, I'm just curious right now. Like, what's, what's driving this? Like, why does this feel the most important thing? I really would love, love to know, right? So if you ask them like that now, first of all, they are like, man, like this person's asking and they're, they're interested and they want to understand. And that's powerful. The next skill is having a solution and strength focused mindset. Like so, so looking for what's going right and where your client is doing well. Like what are the things that they're good, doing good? Right. And then doing more of the good stuff. It's very easy. And look, I'm not the person that's like never point out things that are not going, going good, by the way. Right. We just understand from, you know, positive psychology and behavior change that if we're looking for stuff that's going good, especially look, most people beat themselves up. They tell, you know, they, they, they will, they're edited in their head is like, you're a failure. You started and stopped this. Right. They find a lot of the bad shit. Our goal is to find the good stuff and then do more of the good stuff. Right. And then also like shine a light on their strengths and problem solving skills. Right? And if you're a coach, listen, again, this episode is meant to be like introspective as well. If you go like, damn, like, man, I don't do that. That's okay. Good. You've learned something. Maybe, you know, there was an awareness around this, but you find a lot of stuff that people are doing wrong. Right. Because your goal is to reframe the mindset of your clients. Right. So instead of like, hey, uh, people, you know, think about like parents, they got a lot of stuff going on. It's true. Are they busy? Hell yeah. Like a mom's like one of the hard, I mean, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? They got a lot of stuff going on, but you can refrain from, 
Hey, like I'm really busy. Like, you know, to, I can be a healthy role model for my kids. Right. Because again, that a lot of people will say when I talk to parents, you know, men or women, it's like, they want to be an example, right? They, they start understanding that like, man, you are a superhero to your kids. Right. And it's like, if you're not doing the things that you want them to do, they're not going to do them. Right. The best you can talk, you can talk all you want, but you have to be an example, but that's a great reframe. Right. And you want to point out every success and victory that your clients have, no matter how small or, you know, they are. And, and that's, you know, I talk about the, the three wins strategy. You know, it, it, it's like when people that I find clients that don't do well with like, they're, they're, they're good at beating themselves up, but they're not good at like uh, looking at the things that they're doing well and successfully. Cause remember success breeds success. If they shine a light on things they're doing well, they'll feel better about it. They'll do more of those things, right? It's the feedback loop that's rewarding. And because they'll do more of those things, they'll be more successful. And then it kind of creates momentum, right? So, so for example, um, you know, the three wins, big or small at the end of the day, I'll get clients to write out their wins. Now, look, the win can be anything like, man, I caught up with a friend today and it felt really good. We had some coffee, right? Um, hey, in the morning, I thought about the whole having 30 to 40 grams of protein in my breakfast and I made it happen. Even though I was short on time, I made a smoothie. So I got my 30 to 40 grams, big win. Okay, great, right? What else? It was like, hey, I spent 10 minutes. I, I planned and prepared 10 minutes to read something that's, you know, helping me with my positive mindset. Boom, three wins. Now here's the kicker. If they're doing every day, that's seven days a week. And maybe they're not going to get three every day. Maybe they'll miss some days, but that's 21 wins that they're stacking at the end of the day, right? So your skill set as a coach is also the skill set that you're trying to instill into your clients, which is solution strength focused, uh, strength focused mindset. So the thing is, you also want to look at like, this is an example. I want to give you guys examples that are tactical and operationalized, right? Look at how, like, for instance, the client may have already tried to solve their problems. And even if imperfectly, just build on what already works. And like where somebody might go like, yeah, I've tried these things, but you know, I, I haven't achieved that thing yet. I'm going to go like, well, listen, like you're resilient. Like that's a, that's a resilient skill set. Man, if, if you have had some failures and, and not succeeded to the degree that you want to, but you keep coming back, man, that's a resilient person. That's great. That's an incredible skill set. Boom, I just reframed it and we just turned that around and looked at the strengths, right? The next skill set is appropriate progression. So keeping your client, we, I talked this a, a, a little about this before, right? When it comes to learning, but keeping them in a growth zone, Right. Challenging enough to keep them engaged, improving and pushing their boundaries a little bit, but not so much that it's overwhelming or damaging. And I mean, I've learned this, uh, you know, the hard way in many ways, because this goes for, you know, the absolute beginner where you really, you really want to be careful with this, but also with like, let me tell you about like, for instance, high level athletes, whether high school, college or professionals, you know, when you give them too much too fast. I remember I was training one of my friends, you know, pro basketball player. Uh, and I was learning so much stuff about training. And so I was so gung-ho, right? What I forgot about is this guy was a high-level basketball player, um, very, very skilled, very little experience in the weight room, right? He wasn't really a big strength training person. So I created a program and I was like, man, listen, I'm going to help you get to the next level. And, you know, I'm throwing all my knowledge and everything in the kitchen sink and, you know, the first training session. This dude was so sore that, you know, he was just like, yo, like I, I literally couldn't practice. Like, this is my, my job, right? And I fucked up on that part. Um, again, 
because I didn't give them the appropriate progression. Now, thankfully, I learned that early in my career, right? But and continue to learn like, well, you want to like, oh, well, this guy's an elite athlete. So I'm going to give him elite things to do. No, no, no. You got to find an appropriate progression for every single person. Right. And again, you want to make people feel successful, but challenged enough. And it is a science and an art, right? So introducing a new task that's like relatively easy when a client gets it, make it a little harder, repeat, right. And get really good at that. And because you got to monitor those things closely and know each of your clients, like well enough to like understand you know, where that zone of challenge is for them and where, where it's ideal. Some people like to be pushed more and obviously have a higher capacity, higher skill set. Some people get pushed less. And I, I know an example right now from, you know, somebody at the gym that had uh, a number, you know, a lot of threat trauma uh, in the past. And for example, like less push over that boundary is the sweet spot than for another person. And I would even say an average person that would come into the gym. Right. And I quickly recognize this and pulling things back. Now, again, if they want to kind of go back completely to the comfort zone, my goal is to push them just a little bit, just a little bit. And as soon as they do it, I'm like, great job. I knew you could do an awesome work. Now that's become like your norm and your standard. And like, guess what? Slowly but surely they keep doing better. They keep doing more. Their posture keeps improving. Their strength keeps going up. Right. So finding that sweet spot, because if you go push too much, they're like, man, they don't, they don't understand me. They understand me, boom, they're not coming back. Even though you know, you know, you know, I would say um, your stuff, you know, you know, your nexus knows, you know, your training, you know, your nutrition to the T. But just like an, an appropriate progression to the reality is, I would say for most, you know, especially when it comes to training, uh, knowing appropriate, appropriate regression, right? Understanding when to make things easier and to make them easier in a way that doesn't make the client feel like they suck or they're lesser than. And again, this becomes a communication, body language type thing. You know, I'll tell you like a lot of times I'll see somebody doing our base level exercise, you know, let's say in a small group and they can't do it. And instead of going like, oh, oh no, 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 don't, don't do that. Like, oh, you can't, you know, you can't do that. Let's get you, you know, regressed. Like I won't even say the word regression. I'll, I'll say like, hey, listen, I got a great variation. That's going to be a, a perfect variation for you. Like, check this out. And then I'll show it to them. And they do it. It's like, how does that feel? Great work, awesome range of motion. You know, so instantly, like I'm just reframing and redirecting their focus and without making them feel like, I'm like, hey, this is going to be your variation for the next four weeks. And this is, I mean, you're going to progress so well with this one. I can't wait to see how you improve, right? Again, I'm shifting the focus, shining a light on something else and not making them feel like a lesser than like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, like, like they're about to blow up and hurt themselves and, right? I would just smoothly transitioning that. And that's a communication thing. So, you know, if a client can't do a, a, a new skill action consistently, make it easier to execute, but do it in a way, again, do it in a way that doesn't, you know, uh, make them feel like less than. And this could be too, like, listen, this could be if they're tired, stressed, overwhelmed, burned out, give them again, a smaller task in a smooth way, right? While they're attempt attempting to use energy elsewhere. And this kind of comes into play where you might have a client that can do all these things, right? But it's like going back to an example of uh, a bunch of nurses that train more specifically, it's like two night shifts. You know, I can see them walking in like body language, energy, so on and so forth. Oop, we have like heavy safety squat bar, reverse lunges, right? I'm going to tweak these things around and make sure that they can do it, feel successful. I know I'm not putting in a position where they can get, you know, hurt or beat up. And 
it again, it might be, it might not be that it's a beginner. It might be a person that is, is an intermediate and advanced person, but based on a situation, I'm going to be able to appropriately regress that. That's the skill set. That's the skill set. By the way, all of this stuff that I'm saying, especially when it comes to training and nutrition, man, I'm such a huge fan. Like, do not just do certifications, but like do internships, go to gyms and to coaches that do this in the real world and watch them, observe, take notes, like see what's going on. I love to this day, you know, I travel a lot, uh, both for speaking. And if I'm speaking somewhere, I always go to gyms and I try to connect to coaches and I watch stuff. You know, people will bring me in for in staffs, you know, full blown one, two days uh, when it comes to training, like for their gyms. But guess what? I'm showing up early. I'm watching stuff. I'm seeing what they're doing well. Obviously, I'm taking notes of what can be done better. That's what they bring me in for. But I love like this part of things I love. And I highly, highly encourage you because you might be like, well, you know, how do I get better at that? Look, there's tons of, again, there's, I mean, I got workshops. I got, you know, uh, tons of coaches have different products, but like, man, in person, oof, you, you just get so much out of it. So again, appropriate progressions and regressions you can, and, and like I've been doing this, you know, for a long, long time, like I said at the beginning, I still am finding way, you know, new tools for the toolbox of how to have a, a progressions, regressions, change stuff up, coaching cues, so on and so forth, right? The next skill is practicing what you preach. Oof, oh boy. I'm going to take a sip real quick of my uh, cured euphoria, CBD plus mushrooms, calming me down towards, because I'm, I'm shooting this one more in, in, in the evening. All right. Practicing what you preach, speaking, acting, and working with integrity, right? So if you got, if you give uh, your client something to do, you got to at least try it for yourself. And like, there's, I mean, this is one of the things that I like, I, it's a pet peeve for me when I see um, people doing a lot of stuff that they don't really do by themselves. So you can't really experience, you know, how it's going to feel. Now, look, you can't really know how it's going to feel for that person because you're not that person. But what I mean by that is like, when you give workouts and I see, you know, people that are like, man, this is going to be a crushing workout, right? And, and they put people through it, but they don't even know how hard it is. And it's like, it's, remember how we talked about the challenge zone? It's way past the challenge zone, way past the challenge zone, right? Or it could be, for instance, sprinting, you know, like there's certain things that I've taken out and out of, like, I love sprinting. I think it's so powerful, but as soon as you have groups and you got new people coming in, like, you got to know how that's going to feel. Like, even if somebody does like six, seven, eight, 10 yard accelerations and they haven't really done sprinting for a long ass time. Like you have to have a model for how to coach that, uh, regress it without making people feel a certain way or you got to know what that feels like. Hey, are you doing 10 by tens? You know, like the Derek Hansen protocol, um, uh, swings, imams, you know, you're doing threshold work on, on, on conditioning. You know, you're making people do certain crazy type of workouts. I mean, first of all, uh, don't do that, but but make sure that you're doing the things you ask other people to do. Prioritizing your own fitness, nutrition, and health, right? And this is, by the way, so I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on these two a lot. Meaning, you like you have to be like I promise you this. People watch, they see. It's like there's a lot of things that you can say, but man, there's there's people see how you operate, right? Sooner or later, they see how you operate. That's where you know social media can be. I would say smoke and mirrors a lot of times, and I always tell people, listen. Sooner or later, people are going to meet you in real life and see how you operate. So that I think is one of the most inspiring things is to just be seen in the way that you operate. So when it comes to your own nutrition, when it comes to your own fitness, when it comes to your own health, right? Because health is like things like, like sleep, stress management, supplementation, you know, 
doing the things that keep you healthy for a long time and give you longevity. How are you doing this? those on a scale of one to 10? You know, if you're a coach and you're like uh, helping people live their best life, like how are you showing up in that? Man, I'm telling you, like, this is a skill set. Like one of you develop, I promise you, it'll, you know, it'll improve your business. But more importantly, it, it builds your foundation up. You, you live in integrity. And I think that's such a big part about it, right? Like if you're doing all the things you're asking others to do, you live in integrity. You, you preach it with certainty. And I always say that certainty sells, right? Certainty can be actually transferred. Like belief can be transferred onto somebody else. Conviction can be transferred onto somebody else. So when you do it and you live it, you believe it. And in the way that you speak it is different than somebody that's like, I read the books, but I don't really do this at a, you know, at a, at a high level myself. Okay. And then if you're practicing what you preach, are you getting coaching yourself? So let me ask you this. Whether it comes to your training, so your nutrition, your, your actual training programs, you know, and you want to improve something and you're stuck, are you getting a coach? In your business. Now, in your business, if you're trying to improve your coaching business, your gym business, you're trying to improve your marketing, your sales, your systems, your fulfillment, your deliver deliverables, right? How you deliver everything, hiring, firing, all of these different things that are part of it. Do you have a coach to help you with that? Right, so the, the, the obstacles and struggles that you're facing, do you have a coach to help you with those? Which by the way, on the side of building your business up, I have a mentorship program with Steve Krebs. It's called Yo Grow Your Gym. So if you go to yogrowyourgym.com, like that's where we help coaches grow their business. Specifically, the most specifically, coaches that wanna build gyms or coaches that have gyms, right? That wanna, that wanna build their business. But the point being is, it's like, I look at the last 17 years, I was actually just talking to one of my mentors and realized that in the last 17 years, there's only been one year and three months where I haven't had a coach, at least one, a mastermind, a mentorship, a coach, even in training and like right now I have a boxing coach. I have two coaches in the business sector, right? And so again, those are the things that I want to improve. Now, here's the other thing. If you practice what you preach and you have a coach, do you know how much more certainty you have when you ask somebody to invest in you as a coach versus if you don't, it's night and day. So what's stopping you from hiring a coach? If that's what you do and you're judging others like, oh my God, this person needs a coach. I, I can help them. I can help them. But you need help in some areas and you don't have a coach in those areas, right? If you tell clients to get more sleep, Go to bed on time yourself. You tell clients to eat their vegetables, put some green leafy stuff in your, in your own mouth too, or get some athletic greens, you know, block time off each day to stay active, make nutritious food choices and other healthy behaviors. Even if it makes, you know, means taking on fewer clients. Woo, I know. The story's for another day. Get your own coach. It helps you also experience what your clients experience and it helps you stay on track because coaching is just not knowledge and information. What is it? It's guidance, it's support, it's accountability. I always say that. What are coaches? Coaches are Sherpas. Sherpas that help you get to your own Everest, right? Most of the time, they guide you side by side. Sometimes they pull you, sometimes they push you, but most of the time they guide you. So, big skill set, practice what you preach. Next one, we could spend, listen, this one, we're gonna do it. That's why I said it's gonna be a series on coaching. It's communication expressing yourself clearly, accurately, and respectfully. 
Now this comes to conversation, but it also comes to like writing and video, right? It was writing simple, clear, professional looking messages spelled correctly, whether it is, again, your Instagram posts, whether it's blogging, emails. I mean, these are all great forms of communication and marketing as well, like educating, obviously, your audience. Huge, huge part. But, you know, it comes to communication in person, which again, uh, we're going to leave the whole like a big, like I'm going to I'm gonna do an episode that's going to be a big Don Dada masterclass on communication. But, you know, here it's like, again, that is a skill set. And whether it's, um, I'm just going to share some, uh, I would say, some resources, by the way. I'm going to share some resources. Huge one is um, crucial conversations. You know, that's one of the key, I would say, um, key books that I recommend to pretty much just about everybody, right, is crucial conversations. Then we have, you know, yes, yes, it's a classic, but I still reread it every year is how to uh, win friends and influence people, right? And again, that one, uh, some people go like, ah, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's not like relatable in the real world. BS. You'll still have, uh, I would say, some of the most prominent people that are successful say that's a book that you should be reading, right? Um, another one by Lau Launus. I know it's a weird name, but it's How to Talk to Anyone, 92 Little Tricks for Big Success, success in Relationships. Um, that's, that's a great, great, great book. Um, when it comes to writing, there's a, a short book. It's, it's excellent by Gary Provost. It's called 100 Ways to Improve Your Writing. Because I, I believe this, um, if you're a great communicator, then um, put it this way, you're, you're better at writing content, you're better at communicating through things like video, right? You're better at writing in both ways. So if you're better at writing, you're better at communicating. Makes sense, it goes both ways. Another great book is Talk Like Ted uh, by Carmine Gallo, is excellent, excellent book. Um, Another one is Difficult Conversation by Douglas Stone. I know I'm throwing out a lot of, uh, of them at you, but uh, I promise you, it, it, these are all really, really good. Um, Improve Your Conversations is another one. So I'll just share like those with you, uh, and I'll put all of those in the uh, show notes section as well and, and have the links to them and probably add some more, right? I'll probably add some more in that space. But... When it comes to communication, you know, another thing that this is just like being polite, being courteous, enunciate clearly, making eye contact. Making eye contact is a big one. I saw, in, in this day and age, I realized that people have a very tough time making eye contact. But when you look somebody in the eye and like just talk to them as you, you know, I would say look into their eyes. By the way, don't make it uh, weird um, and stare at their eyes for too long without blinking. <laughs> it's no, for real. Like it's, it's a real thing. Like, it, it creates, it builds trust, right? Because if you start looking away too much, um, and, and I'm, I actually uh, developed kind of this habit of, uh, of sometimes looking away and had to go like, oh man, like I got I to make sure I start looking people in the eye every time I'm talking because it can make somebody feel like you're either not paying attention or you have something to hide, right? And when explaining things, especially in a fitness industry, Use plain language and like everyday concepts rather than just technical language, right? Unless you're talking to like other experts and you're in a geek squad, like kind of conversation and you can, you know, you can do that. But, you know, say get in shape rather than body recomposition, right? And here's the other thing. There's, there's something called the curse of knowledge. 
the curse of knowledge basically is this, like as an expert in a field, you know, you know, your subject at a 10 or a nine, like, you, you know, you know, extremely well. Well, the curse of knowledge in fitness is that people, you know, that are coaches are like, I know my stuff at a 10. And they're like, oh, let me dumb it down and like talk at a six or seven to my clients. But the truth is you got to talk to them at a two or three at the most, right? So get better because, but the thing is, this is an ego thing, right? I used to do this all the time. Like, let me say big words and sound really smart because I'll feel smarter, but it actually doesn't help the clients. So you got to get better at this. I would say at being, um, speaking your client's language, right? You want to, you want to get better at speaking your client's language. Uh, and, and again, listening to the words that they're saying and what they're saying, uh, you know, even like when you do marketing, right? It's like, what does your audience say and think about and then entering their minds? And that's all part of communication. Remember when people are in fitness, I think sometimes um, trainers will be like, oh man, I don't really study marketing. Remember communication is marketing. Marketing is communication. If you get better at marketing, you get better communication. You get better communication, you get better at marketing. It's a two-way street. Very, very, very important, right? And again, I'm, I'm going to say this again. I will do a deeper dive masterclass in communication and, and, and gather as much as I can to, to share with you because I don't care if you're in a coaching industry, in business, wherever you're at. Like all these things that I'm talking about like matter, okay? Next one is having a sense of humor. You'll need a sense of humor. And by the way, that doesn't mean you need to become Ricky Gervais. I, I love, love Ricky Gervais, by the way, or, or Dave Chappelle, right? But being able to like make coaching fun, laugh, joke, you know, celebrate successes joyfully. I'm like a big fan of, you know, and, and my friend Jay Ferrugia like really got me into this a lot. Like we would start, you know, uh, watching stand-up comedy together. And we'd go to shows when, when he lived in LA, we'd go to Comedy Central a lot, um, a lot, a lot, you know, and every stand-up comedian would come up, we'd watch Netflix specials, uh, sometimes we'd be a little high on edibles, you know, which would definitely make it funnier. <laughs> but what we would do is we'd study what people are doing, you know, and start studying comedians um, and punchlines and jokes and, and things of that nature. And I really got into it. And then what would also help me was like, uh, which also Jay got me into was improv. You know, I did quite a bit of improv and still do improv. I mean, we would go to Jay's, you know, uh, spot and like just as friends, we would do improv stuff. Right. And, and pull out different skills. And if, if you got, if, if you've been to any of the Vigor Round Fitness and Business Summits, I always have Jay Ferrugia come out. He'll always call me, call me on stage and we'll do improv on stage in front of hundreds of people. Um, and again, that's really helped me with humor, studying humor and then practicing it. Remember how I said, when you learn something, practice it. Right. But uh, those were the two things is like studying comedians, st watching stand up shows and doing, I would say, um, doing um, improv, right? And doing it, like I said, doing it with friends, like, cause it's fun to it. Like, you know, improv creates a lot of, uh, I would say situations where things get funny uh, without necessarily trying to crack jokes. So, the, you know, humor is not like, hey, become a stand-up comedian, but it, it's a, a thing that you can practice and get better at. And I, I was not like great at humor. And, and one of the most, uh, I would say a great um, things that, that, um, Jay complimented me on was one time, you know, was like, Hey man, like I really noticed like you, you know, you're funnier, like you're funnier. You have uh, better timing and punchlines and like things of that nature. And I was like, man, this is like awesome. Right. Like th this is one of the best compliments, but I, I made a, I would say a, um, an effort to do that, right. To make an effort to do that. So you can do that. And again, just shared a couple of those things. 
Now, listen, there's a couple of um, practices, right? Actual practices. So we talked about, we talked about, um, you know, how the core skills to become better as a student. And then we talked about the skill sets. And I think there was nine or 10, right? I think I've shared nine or 10 for being a great coach, right? Now I'm going to give you like some actual practices, right? And new skills. Like these are ones that you can like legitimately practice. And again, um, there's a lot of these that I want to share with you, but I'll share at least three or four with you in this show today. So this one is the interrupting and listening skill. So what you want to do is listen to understand. So most of us listen to respond, right? It's like, as soon as somebody starts talking, you don't listen to them anymore. You just are like, I know what I'm going to say afterwards. By the way, I'm raising my hand. That used to be me a lot. And it's me a lot less now, right? We just hear enough of what the other person's saying to form our own opinion. We're just waiting for them to stop talking so that we can start, right? And But as a coach, your goal is intuitive listening, listening to understand so that you can reflect back to the other person a deep understanding of what they said, right? Because what people say or do is about them. What I hear is about me. Let me repeat that. What people say or do is about them. What I hear is about me. And there's three levels of listening. Level one is monologue listening. And monologue listening is basically making about you, right? Often thought of as relating, right? Level two is listening to understand. So that's when you listen to understand. You're confirming and clarifying the intended message. But level three is intuitive listening. Who's this person that's speaking to me and reflecting back the values and intentions of the person based on their message, right? So here's basically a, a, a practice. Like I want to give you a practice that you can do with a partner. Uh, we've done this. I can't, I can't remember when I first did this, right? But here's how you do this. This is great for like, if you have a, a, a team, um, you know, you have a coaching team. Honestly, if you work out of another gym, honestly, any scenario where there's a team or you have friends that are in a coaching space, this is a great thing to do with them, right? So you sit in pairs face-to-face in your coaching posture. So whoever has the birthday nearest is person A, right? And that, that just determines who goes first, right? Who goes first? And they tell a two to three minute story about an embarrassing moment. Does it have to be an embarrassing moment? It could be about anything. I just like doing it about an embarrassing moment. And then person B follows the dialogue pattern below, attempting to repeat back word for word everything that the person A shares in their story, right? So as soon as you can put it this way, as soon as you um, heard all that you can remember. So remember, if somebody's telling you a story, there's a certain point in time where you start going like, damn, I can't remember this. That's when you say, can I interrupt? Okay, so you listen to the story as long as you can. And when you've heard all that you can remember, you say, hey, can I interrupt you? Question mark, right? And then you say, what I heard was, and you attempt to repeat back word for word what they said. And once they hear it, you say, is that right? And then allow them to correct you if needed. And then you say, what else? And that's when the person continues to tell tell the story, right? And the thing is, you continue doing that, right? You can continue doing that for that two to three minute part. Very likely you're not gonna, you know, have somebody tell a three minute story and say it back word for word. They might say like 15 seconds and you go like, hey, can I interrupt you? And you say, "What what I heard you saying was, and then you repeat back everything. Is that right? Am I right? They correct you or they don't. What else? Boom, they keep going and you keep doing that. So that is a practice 
right? Just like I would go on the court, I'd shoot a left-handed hook shot to get better at left-handed hook shots. This helps you become better at interrupting and listening, right? But interrupting in a respectful way. But more than anything, like you got to be very engaged because you're going to say everything back word for word, right? So again, this is a skill set you can practice. This is the way to practice it. Uh, The next skill is acknowledging and validating, right? So this is a big one, by the way. Uh, This will help you become a way, way better coach. I don't know if I mentioned this to you um, amongst the communication books, but motivational interviewing and motivational, specifically, I would say, if you start with the first book, it would be motivational interviewing in nutrition and fitness. Excellent. It's, it talks a lot about acknowledging and validating, but this is where this skill you know, comes into play a lot. So because when we acknowledge what someone has said, we let them know that we really listen and care about what they're saying. Acknowledging is a deep level of mirroring back and just paraphrasing what somebody said. So I know those basically... The acknowledging starts with things like, hey, so what you're saying is, it sounds like you, what I'm hearing is. So those three are a good, you know, good, I would say, starting sentences. Like, so what you're saying is, and you just repeat back what they said. It sounds like you're, you know, you're struggling with this, that, you know, you're struggling with uh, getting your, your health and fitness in while you're at school and you have a job, right? What I'm hearing you say is that this is a very challenging time, right? So you just are acknowledging what they're saying. Validating. Validating is just not judging whether, you know, what someone's saying is right or wrong or agreeing in any way. It's just letting them know that you can see things from their perspective. And the value of validating is that you have a personal kind of, like you have them feel normal for having those feelings, right? And the sentences that start with that are like, hey, you have every right to feel that way because, right? It's understandable that you feel that way because that's perfectly normal. It can be very upsetting when, right? So that means that you're validating, And so the thing is, this can be another practice is that when you have a conversation, you're just acknowledging what a person says. So imagine, you know, just having a conversation. And this is is something, remember when I said, apply things when you learn them? So as I'm saying and giving you this skill set to work on, right? Imagine a client tomorrow. So you'd put this on a four by six card. What I would put on a four by six card is acknowledging putting those three sentences, like, so what you're saying is, it sounds like you, what I'm hearing is, and invalidating, you have every right to feel that way because it's understandable that you feel that way because, and the reason I say, you know, you'd kind of have it a little bit scripted because it, it gets you out of like, oh my God, what should I say? Then you just focus on listening and what, and how many times does a client bring something to you, like something they're struggling with and you can acknowledge and say, so what you're saying is it's been really challenging for you to get your four workouts in uh, because of how much you have with study at school and you're also got a job and you still, and you got a kid, you have every right to feel that way and basically not be able to right? like, and you, you validate. So you, you bring that four by six card to work with you and you start practicing the reps, right? You start practicing the reps of doing that. So now let's say you got, you know, five clients tomorrow. I'm making this shit up, but right. Let's say you got five clients tomorrow. And for every client, when you ask them like how they're feeling, what's going on, as soon as you see an opportunity to acknowledge and validate, boom, you do it. And so that week, if you came in and imagine when we talked about like, this is, this is combining all these, I would say skills, you put down your wins at the end of the day and go like, Hey, listen, like, I got three wins of acknowledging and, uh, and, and validating. 
Boom, now we're building that skill set. We're getting those reps in. And all of a sudden, three months later, four months later, five months later, now you're a coach that's, you, you, you're, all, you're listening to understand. You're able to validate and acknowledge things and say things back to them, right? Powerful, powerful, powerful thing. But like, you have to practice that and put it into play. Like we talked about right at the beginning. Okay. And curiosity, we talked about how important curiosity. So a skill that helps you lead with curiosity is asking empowering questions. And remember, open-ended questions are empowering questions. They invite other people to share openly and, and basically give you their own agendas. Like closed-ended questions just limit dialogue and it's like, Burp, that's it, right? And, and also they're often leading, right? Where it's like an open-ended question is like, hey, what do you value most? That invites an open dialogue, right? And most of the time, open-ended questions start with what, how, where, and sometimes why, right? Closed-ended questions are like, hey, do you value family? That's a yes or no question, right? And so let's just roll through some of, you know, um, empowering questions. And I'll just, again, like hopefully you're taking notes right now, right? This is a good time where if you hear stuff, you can stop it and take notes. And here's some conversation starter questions. Uh, hey, what would you like to talk about today? Where would you like to start? This is a, a, a one that's great that I got from the coaching habit. It's called, and it's um, what's on your mind, right? What's on your mind? And um, what else? Like I always love, so when, when people share stuff, if they're struggling with things, I say, hey, what's on your mind? And then they share it and I say, what else? And they say, what else, right? I'd keep saying what else till they get everything out. And then I'd ask them like, hey, what's the real challenge here? Right, so now we now they have a bunch of different things that are going on, but they have to identify a real challenge. But again, these uh, first I wanted to share some conversation starters, which is you know another one might be, hey, where's the best place to start this conversation? So if you're having like a crucial conversation with somebody, or you know uh, they wanted to bring something up, you're like, hey, what's the best place to start this conversation? Um, what's the best possible use of our time together? Right. So if you sit down with somebody for a nutrition strategy session, and they've got some things that they're struggling with. You go, hey, what's the best possible use of our time together? How can we make this the most uh, valuable conversation that we have today? Or this is a big one. You know, what's our number one priority today? We're going to sit down. Hey, listen, we got 30 minutes. What's our number one priority today? This is what I, this one is what I love, not just for, you know, conversations like, hey, what outcome are you hoping to achieve from this conversation? I ask clients and say, hey, listen, what would be the greatest outcome of today's training session? Like, how would you want to feel when you leave here today? Right? Or if somebody's struggling and say like, hey, listen, how can I support you today? Right? So that, those are just some good conversation start, starters. And then you got some stuff where like, if there's a problem, how do you identify the problem? Hey, if you had to guess, what's the underlying challenge here? What does your gut say is really going on? What makes you think that's true? Hey, where did that idea come from? What else could be going on here? What would, you know, and then you can insert another person as the core issue. Hey, what would your mom say is the core issue here? Hey, what would your friend say is the core issue here? If we could make progress in just one thing, what would it be? What does this issue look from, like from 10,000 feet? Some of these questions are from an, another excellent coaching book called co-active coaching is another one that's really high up there for me for almost every coaching uh every coach to get 
uh, brainstorming solutions questions. Like, what? hey, what would happen if you do nothing? What are all the possible solutions? Like, this is a great one. If you want them to think about different solutions and then go, you know, then you can ask like, hey, which one of these do you feel most confident about taking on, right? How can we see beyond our blind spots? What are the worst ideas that we could try? Right? What is the current situation costing you? So, you know, when people aren't changing and you can ask them like, hey, what is the current situation costing you in your health, in your relationship, in your finances? Right? How do we remove the fear of failure in this situation? This is one I've shared with you guys before when it comes to transformation. Say, hey, if you had a, mag if you had a magic wand, what would happen next? Right? How, what is your ideal vision for how this turns out? Right. So you got all these different questions. And again, study questions. Right. I have basically journals of questions, you know, and those questions, what I used to do a lot was like write these questions out again on my four by six card. I know I'm, I'm, I'm playing this out. You could put it on your notes, but I just love the physical four by six cards. Right. I'd, I'd come in and I'd go. I'd go all over the questions. You know, I wouldn't have like 50 questions. It'd be like six, seven, eight questions. And then find opportunities to, when somebody would have struggle with something, to ask that question and get curious, right? And usually there'd be a great result, meaning there'd be a great result. Like I'd get, you know, they would get more insight. They'd be like, wow, like this person's curious. This is making me think about X, Y, Z, right? And that is like very, very, very powerful. And so that's why I, I'm like, hey, listen, like you got to study these questions because that is a skill set of curiosity and leading with curiosity. So, man, we've been, you know, we, we've been riffing. We've been riffing. So that's going to be today's episode. I don't even know how long we went. I'm going to have to look at the timer. But I wanted to dive deeper into, you know, I would say the coaching skill sets and the truth about coaching. You know, and, and again, I started with that a lot of times what you think that clients come to you for is actually not what they come to you for. But I don't, I don't think it's an either or. I always say this, right, that it's an and. Meaning that it's an and is that, Look, get great at the X's and O's. Get, you know, be great at anatomy and understanding what are the the uh, the actions that need to happen in training, in nutrition, in sleep, in self-management and self-stress management. But, but the thing is like, understand behavior change and coaching skills and psychology and practice those things to get better at them. Because when you become excellent at those things, right? And you fulfill those kind of, um, I would say, unspoken expectations of clients that sometimes they don't even know, right? That I started with, you'll have clients for really long periods of time. And again, when you hear some of, you know, whether it's myself or, or some of my, my friends that I've had on the show, Don Saladino and, and Ben Bruno and Adriel Mays that I had like, like these stories of clients that stay for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, and so on and so forth. And they have retention. And that's how you build success. Like it's foundationally, you keep people for a long time because you serve them not only in getting those physical results, but in all those unspoken expectations that they have. And so hopefully today's episode helped you with that. I, I believe that the skill sets that I shared today, by the way, if you're in fitness or not in fitness, like those, anything service-based, anything coaching-based, you know, will help you become a better coach um, and deliver better results and have a better career and a better business. And so if you loved this episode, first of all, like I always say, look, this show, you know, grows when you share it. If you found 
uh, you know, powerful insights that you want to share with your friends, family, coach, other coaches, man, share the show, please. And, you know, leave a review because again, those things are the things that help the show grow and, and reach out to, uh, to as many people as possible. Uh, I'm not going to stop doing this. I'm going to continue to either do solo episodes that hopefully are as insightful as possible, bring the best experts on the show um, to help you be a better human being, be a better coach, build a more successful business. Um, and with that said, um, making sure that also uh, you go and check out because like I, I brought up coaching. And so there's, there's some cool things that are happening. I can't announce one of them, uh, but let's just say it has something to do with training and program uh, and, and an athlete for life programming. But if you're a coach and gym owner and you want to grow your business, make sure you go to www dot yo grow your gym.com and fill out the form if you want to get a call with us to see if it's the right situation to, for us to help you grow your business and with that said appreciate you could be anywhere but you were here getting better with me we'll see you hear you next time in a bigger life podcast peace out